0: what's up everybody welcome back to another top 10 it's a weekly podcast where myself kyle white and a guest talk about our top 10 random topics uh, it could be movies music tv i've done everything at this point i feel like uh this week my guest is michael allison michael how you doing
1: i'm doing good kyle man thank you for having me here bro
0: yeah thanks for being here
1: absolutely man
0: yeah so uh This week, uh, Michael and I are going to be doing our top 10 athletes. I want to make it very clear in the beginning. These are my top 10 favorite athletes. I'm in no way saying that these are the top 10 greatest athletes to ever play their respective sport. And my list is kind of all over the place. I uh, like a lot of kind of off-the-wall sports, so not all my choices are going to be you know, typical sports that people would guess, but um, I do kind of, I definitely do have players from major sports, but I also have some, I think, um, unexpected choices. Yeah. So um, Michael, if you want to get started with our, with your number 10.
1: Absolutely, man. So uh, number 10 for me coming in is going to be Charles Barkley. Um,
0: Fantastic choice.
1: Yeah, man. Growing up, um, watching him play for the Sixers and then seeing the transition he had with the Phoenix Suns and I was that guy that was like rooting for the underdogs so whenever they went against Chicago Bulls you know I was always yeah. like rooting for Barkley man so um, and I just love his tenacity man and I grew up a chubby kid and he was like a chubby guy <laughs> so yeah. still like getting after it and doing what like the skinny guys do so I was root for Charles Barkley man so he's number 10 for me man.
0: Alright that's a great choice I love Charles Barkley um, he didn't make my list but uh, he definitely would have been up there for me. Uh, my number ten is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm. Um, he's a very famous wrestler. Um, if you don't know who the Rock is, um, I don't know where you've been. He's um, everywhere <laughs> now. Um, but I mean, I mean, he's just—he was—he changed the game when he became a wrestler, and he kind of went back and forth by, you know, he was. I mean, he was a heel for most of his career, but I just, he still sometimes, I mean, even in September of this year, he was on SmackDown. So he still goes back and does stuff, but I I just think that what The Rock did for wrestling is just incredible. He has one of the top uh, pull-in sales for uh, events. I mean, when his name was on an event, They broke records for sales because people wanted to see him. And so um, I I just think that The Rock uh, is a great athlete.
1: I think so too, man. Yeah. I I, I totally agree with you on that one. And he's from Miami too down here as well. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So moving on to your number nine.
1: My number nine is Ray Lewis. So I grew up a UM fan and... And seeing how the energy, enthusiasm of this guy carried over and infatuated, like with like how he just carried a team, man. Even if the offense sucked, like his (laughs) what he did on defense to make his team go far. So he carried that into um, the NFL. Obviously with the Baltimore Ravens, man. And I just love the the transformation of him too. So obviously when he came into the league, he got into a situation where. It was around like a murder case or something like that yep um some might say he got away with it or whatever i'm not trying to judge on that but what i would say is dealing with that adversity which i'm all about adversity it's kind of like seeing how you're going to bounce back how you're going to deal with these circumstances and situations and he took it and spent it and changed his entire life changed his life to faith changed his life to um serving other people and giving back and then when it came to the football field, it looked like he left it all on the field. And that's something I'm, I'm big about, man, is like giving 110% of your maximum energy and effort and not having any regrets or anything like that. I think that's something that he did.
0: Absolutely. That's a fantastic choice. I mean, that that's something I, I tried to look at in the people that I chose is what did they do off the field as well as on the field. Now I do have one choice that I think people are going to say, wait, you said you looked at off the field stuff. Um, but I, I'll explain that when we get there. Go ahead. <laughs> but but uh, for, for the most part, um, I, I just think that's just as important. You know, if you can be a fantastic athlete, because you have such a huge audience of people watching you, if you can use that platform – you know, to inspire people or to, uh, help them, you know, understand something and get through situations. I, I think that's, you know, a great thing. And I think Ray Lewis definitely did that. Yes, sir. All right. So my number nine, um, is, uh, Nolan Ryan, a famous uh, baseball pitcher. He, um, still holds a lot of records, um, maybe cause he was in the league for so long. Um, but he, uh, has 5,714 career strikeouts, um, which is just insane. The next closest is 4,800, so he has almost a thousand more than second place. Um, the the guy was incredible. He retired uh, not long after I was born, um, I think. So let me—I had it written down somewhere. Yeah, a year after I was born, he retired. So I didn't watch him play a lot. I've seen a lot of videos of him playing, but just the legacy he left behind. And, I mean, the the numbers kind of speak for him. And I just think I don't really watch a lot of baseball, but I I know who that is. And I, you know, grew up hearing his name. And I just, I've gotten a little more into baseball. And as I do that, I just you can't look away from the fact that he was incredible at what he did.
1: So. Absolutely, man. Um, I liked uh, Nolan Ryan uh, too, as well. So um, the next guy I'm going to tell you is, is, is in line with what, um, what you just said, but uh-huh. I've been a, a big time um, card collector. So I've collect, like baseball cards, okay. football cards, those types of things. Yeah. That I was a kid and Nolan Ryan's cards was quite a few of the, the ones that I kept stacked in my deck and made sure that I kept it in mid condition because yeah. of the value of the type of player that he was, man. So I love that choice, man. All right. So I'm gonna stick with baseball as well, man. So my uh top 10 is Gary Sheffield. And okay. he didn't go out and like break super super records and stuff like that. But when it comes to being like consistent, somebody you could count on. And someone that could actually, like, crank the ball and knock it out of a park, Gary Sheffield was that for me. And the reason why, um, he came from the Milwaukee Brewers, but he landed to the Florida Marlins, which is now the Miami Marlins. And when we, we was on our run to go to the World Series, he was a part of that. And when... You want to think of someone that came up in the clutch whenever he like cranked the bat or like kind of like wiggle it back <laughs> like that. He knows about to get cranked out of there, man. And um, yeah, I just love that, man. And I grew up I was born in Jamaica. So when I came to, you know, we grew up on cricket. So when I came uh-huh. to America, um, baseball was the next thing closest to cricket for us. So my dad took us to the inaugural baseball season in 1996 when the team just came out. And Sheffield was a part of being a part of that team when the season first started. And to see where the the team has come from to go into back-to-back World Series back in those days, back in the 90s and the um, early 2000s and stuff was um, very, very um, respectable for me to see that. And then knowing that Gary Sheffield was a part of that um, was um, also uh, a good thing for me to see. Because I I just liked how he carried himself, liked how he played the game, loved his attitude, loved his uh, confidence, his moxie about him. So... Gary Sheffield was next for me, man.
0: All right. Awesome. That's a great choice. All right. So my number eight is my first kind of off-the-wall pick, um, and it's Eddie Hall. He's known as The Beast, and he is a strong man. Um, he was the 2017 World's Strongest Man, and I have watched World Strongest Man competition since I was a little kid, probably because I was a skinny little, scrawny little kid, and I knew I would never do that. Um, but it was cool to watch people do it. I mean, to see a man pulling an airplane is just insane. and um I just uh, eddie the- Eddie Hall, the beast, he's broken so many records, and I just think yeah he he was just so unapologetically himself mm-hmm. uh and I, I really appreciate that. He didn't try to put on. You know a facade of oh i'm this person he was like no this is me i'm gonna come out here i'm gonna win competitions and it is what it is and i just i really respect that and i think he's he's retired but i think he is still just a fantastic athlete
1: absolutely love that the next one for me man is uh what you kind of started off with is in our wrestling um i came to the united states in 1988 and I sat down with my grandmother at the time, and the first thing that she put on TV was Rasklin. And the uh-huh. first guy that I saw was the Ultimate Warrior. And when that dude came out, <gra> yeah. I was like, who the hell is this dude? Yeah. Yo, man, I love this guy, energy, man. Um, the the warrior face paint, the hair, man. And then, like, this guy was Jack. Probably was on some stuff, but this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yo man, this guy was jacked up, man, but um he was one of my favorite athletes, just to see man when when an athlete shows up to perform, man, like he didn't he didn't uh did not fail me, man, he was always uh one of the great ones that I love to see, I just loved his energy, unfortunately, he's no longer here with us, but um, yeah, with that being said though, man, he was next for me, man.
0: All right, so uh, I'm going to stay right on line with that, Um, and I've got another wrestler at my number seven, and that's Andre the Giant. Yes, sir. Um, This guy is a legend. He's also no longer with us, but just an absolute legend and just a huge person. He's 7'4", 520 pounds, and just, I mean, truly lived up to his name. Uh, the eighth wonder of the world. I mean, this guy was just... I mean, they they told him to stop doing, you know, like, agile stuff because they wanted him <laughs> to be this, you know, big mountain of a guy. And they were like, hey, stop doing the, like, super athletic stuff. We want it to be, you know, and it, it was just like, no, I mean, he's a big dude, but he still can move around. Um, And I just... I This guy is just incredible i love watching stuff with him i mean even his acting stuff he did a few little things um him and the princess bride is just fantastic and uh i just i really like andre the giant uh have a lot of respect for him and he had to make my list
1: awesome man the next one for me i think we're on six right yep all right six so the next person for me is uh is I'm going to go with uh, Deontay Wilder. And okay. I've always grown up, watch boxing, your Holy Fields, your Mike Tysons and all that. But to me, when it comes to like, I love seeing like the heavyweight guys. And once Mike Tyson, Holy Foreman, all of these guys kind of left, um, I think boxing kind of like, fell on his face, with. when it comes to heavyweight, I didn't really watch yeah. too much um, Floyd Mayweather fights, so I can't really speak to um, him. I know that he was a good defensive type of fighter, but when it comes to the heavyweight, I uh, heard about this guy, Deontay Wilder, and I was like, oh, he's from Alabama. He used to play for the Alabama football team. And then I said, let me check out this guy, see what he's about. And I seen his story also in regards to... Um, some of the things that he'd been through in Alabama, um, taking care of his daughters, um, which is um, handicap and what he's trying to do and all these different types of things. And then to see what he was doing, transferring that. T- he changed his body completely when it show- When you show like discipline. And um, yes. to put that into the ring, obviously he lost his last fight. But what to see what he's done in regards to like for the heavyweight sport. When it comes to boxing, I really like what he's about. I really love his energy. Love how he fights. Love the, the theatrics a little bit, you know, um, kind of cost him his last weight, but I love the theatrics a little little bit. So he's one of my next top 10 guys when it comes to the sport of boxing, man.
0: All right. Great choice. Uh, I, I like doing, I say this every episode. I like doing these lists because you get answers from people that you don't expect. And it's like, Oh, that's cool. I wouldn't have thought about that, but that's really cool. Um, But uh, my number six might be the most random choice on my list. Um, But uh, it's a man by the name of David Campbell, who is an American ninja warrior. Um, He is known as the godfather of the sport. He's one of two people who's competed on every single season of the show. But he actually started before the show was a thing in Japan. Um, He had been a fan of the sport in Japan cuz it was way big there before it ever came over here and he actually went over there and competed and then when it became an american thing he picked right up where he left off and uh he built a course in his backyard he was the first person to ever have like a home ninja course and people would travel all over the country to go to his course and train with him and I, the guy's just he's had some really bad luck in the past few years mm-hmm. um with competitions but he's so resilient and he never gives up and he's so ready to help the next generation of athletes. All these 15 year old kids are coming in and he's in his forties now. And he keeps saying, I'm not upset that these young kids are winning. That's why I'm here is to mentor the next group of people in. And I just respect that so much. He, he, he's such a good guy. And just the never give up mentality is just fantastic. And uh, it's just really cool to see him, you know, still doing it.
1: Absolutely, man. So, number five for me is uh, you already know who he is. I'm pretty sure you do. Is Dan Marino. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, I, I met Dan Marino, got his autograph. And, oh, wow. And um, I was like, If I ever wanted to be a quarterback or play in the NFL or any of those things, it was always to be like Dan Marino to watch all of his games growing up and seeing it every single week. And I felt like I was a part of the team. I felt like I was in the huddle. I felt like I I was either throwing the ball or catching the ball or something like that. But what this guy has accomplished, man, is phenomenal. And the only thing that ever hurt him was not actually winning a Super Bowl but to right. me, to me, he's like the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen. Only downside to that, you got to have the perfect situations and circumstances to win a championship and win a Super Bowl. You can ha- you can have the, the best quarterback if you don't have the best offensive line, best receivers. You're not going anywhere. Right. If you don't have a good defense, you're, you're not going nowhere. So all of the injuries have to play a part of that. And for him, he has some very, very bad breaks. (laughs) Very, very bad breaks. or Some other teams was just better than him. You know, the competition was better. So Elway was better. at His team was a better team. I think Montana had a better team than him a couple years. Jim Kelly was always beating him every single year with the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) You know what I mean? But with that being said, though, man, um, I think uh, Dan Marino had a phenomenal career and opportunity to meet him and get to talk to him and stuff like that. But... He's one of my favorite quarterbacks that I've ever seen, man. So Yeah, this is a
0: great choice. Um, It's one of those things that I get so sick of people saying, oh, well, if he was that great, he would have won championships. Like, no, that's that's not how it works. Um, You know, rings don't tell the whole story. And I I just think, like you said, he got a lot of bad breaks. Um, Just, you know, he played in a time where there were some really elite athletes and – it just was one of those things where he could have played with any other team and maybe he would have won one, but it just, you know, didn't work out, but he's still, like you said, is one of the greatest to ever do it. And this is a fantastic choice. Thank you, man. All right. So my number five, um, is a skateboarder by the name of Rodney Mullen. And this guy pretty much invented street skating. He is, um, credited for inventing the kickflip the hill flip um that i mean he was a big push for the the ollie um and i mean i i grew up skating a little bit and so this was the guy i watched like skate videos and stuff i i loved like turning that on and just seeing him do these things just getting the board off the ground without any kind of ramp and then doing all these like flips with the board and i was like i don't know how you do that it's just (laughs) incredible Um, Because, I mean, you had Tony Hawk, you know, going down a ramp and then doing all these flips and stuff, but this guy was standing on the ground and jumping the board up in the air, and no one had ever done that before. It was completely revolutionary. Now it's, you know, normal, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, everybody can do that. But at this, when when Rodney Mullen was doing it, nobody was doing this, and I don't think he gets talked about enough. Um, When people talk about skateboarding, I feel like Tony Hawk is, like, the big face of it, which no disrespect to Tony Hawk. The guy's incredible. But um, Rodney Mullen, I think, deserves a lot more respect for what he did for the sport. And I just think he's just incredible. And it, it blows my mind that someone's able to do as much as he did for a sport.
1: Wow, man, that's amazing, man. I did not even know all of that, man. Wow, you just did yeah. something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He, the, the guy's crazy. It's really cool.
1: So we're down to the top four, right? Yes, sir. All right, cool. Four. I have five names here on my list. <laughs> okay. Um, left. I, I kind of struggle with one of them. But I am going to go with number four for me is, uh, is Dwayne Wade. Okay. And coming from Marquette, he was not supposed to even make it. And, and his childhood was not the best. But when it comes to, like, defying the odds and going against the odds, um, he sh- totally shattered that. And getting drafted to the Miami Heat, he got drafted after LeBron, the Mellows, the Bosches, and another guy yep. that went to Detroit. I don't remember the- his name. So he got drafted behind these guys. And for him to go to the Miami Heat and take over the Miami Heat when they was looking for another leader, somebody to step up, uh, we... we uh, we went through the era of Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway. But knowing when you come to Miami, um, we have a certain mindset when it comes to playing the sport of basketball. It's going to be tough. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be drawn out. You're going to be in for a yeah. fight. He adapted to that and took on that personality and embraced the city of Miami to the point they started calling him Mr. 305, which was pretty cool. So um, with that being said, though, man, he, he came here, embraced it. And... Uh, Got a couple championships from that man, and um, yeah, from there on out, uh, obviously he played with LeBron, he played with Shaq, he played with Gary Payton, he played with um, uh, what's that kid's name? Um, um, I forgot the thing they call him White Lightning or the the guy that like was used to um, cross people up Williams or whatever that played for Sacramento. Yeah. He, was, he, he played with him as a point guard too as well. Um, but yeah, man, um, Dwayne Wade, one of my favorite ball players. Um, love what he did for the sport down here in Miami. And, um, yeah,
0: so he's, uh, number four for me. All right. That's a fantastic choice. Um, I, I've never, I, I didn't grow up a sport kid. I, I, uh, have pretty severe asthma and I I just wasn't super athletic. And so I didn't play a lot of sports, but when I got into high school and like, especially college, I, I started watching, um, more professional sports and, about the time I started watching professional basketball was when, you know, Dwayne Wade and LeBron were pushing the heat to championships. And i that's stuff I won't ever forget is just watching them play. And it's just like, wow, that's crazy. And I've kind of fallen off um, NBA recently. But when I do think of, like, my favorite NBA players, um, well, I'll, I'll talk about one later. But uh, I mainly think about that era of basketball because that's when I really started paying attention um, so that's a fantastic choice. Thanks, man. Uh, but, I'm, but I mentioned I didn't grow up playing sports, um, but I did play one sport, and that's tennis. I really loved playing tennis. My mom and my sister both played a lot of tennis. And so when I got to high school, I was like, yeah, let's play tennis. Why not? And um, my number four, in my opinion, may be the greatest guy to ever do it. Um, but, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But that's Rafael Nadal. Mm -hmm. he is he's he has been plagued with injuries um for a lot of his career but he is just incredible and the fact that he's been doing it as long as he has is just a testament to that also it's like he's never going to give up he's just going to play until he can't which at this point he kind of has um and i just think the Ten, i mean tenacity but also just poise to his play is just incredible and it's just so fun to watch him and a lot of people are like you have fun watching tennis and i'm like when i watch him yes i have a lot of fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's, it, it's just wild um also fun fact uh he and i have the same birthday so oh, that's
1: nice cool. nice nice yeah all right top three Top three, man. This is tough. So number three for me is uh, Usain Bolt. And
0: okay, fantastic.
1: That's my guy, bro. When it comes to obviously the sport itself, like you don't, I don't really like pay attention to like track like that until right. like it's the Olympics. But when it's the Olympics, it's like on, man. And to see this guy. Like breaking records and running as fast as he can, as tall as he is too, as well. Some people think that tall people are lanky. When you think about basketball players, they're not as fast as like football players. So to think of what this guy had to do to train, so I, I was like, let me. Re- I'm he's from my country too, so let me uh, yeah. Um, research um a little bit about, it. but to see the work that he's putting in, and it's kind of like one of my coaches say, like you got to put in the dark work. So he's doing work behind the scenes that nobody's seeing, nobody's watching. But when he shows up, this guy shines bright, man. And to see what he's done to captivate the country, like put the entire country on his back. I went to, when I when the Olympics was uh, about, I want to say about 12 years ago, and I was in Jamaica, and the Olympics is on like the local news. And in Jamaica, there's only like five or six channels on the TV. <laughs> so, yeah. so. I'm there at home and we're getting ready to watch the race and the race is coming on and you could tell everybody was just watching TV in their house. And I say that because we're there watching it and we're watching the race and they shoot the gun and he's running. And when he breaks the record at nine point something seconds, you could hear the entire neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> I was screaming because all our eyes was just focused. I was actually in Jamaica when the Olympics was going on. Man, it was just amazing yeah. just to see that. But to see what this guy do, how he trains and how he prepares, and how seriously how he gets locked in when it comes to his sport and his craft, I really like that or embrace that about him, man.
0: Yeah. So I, I wrote down, I think maybe like thirteen, fourteen names, and he was one of them. He didn't make my list, but I have i remember that too i mean the fact that you were in Jamaica watching it is just incredible um that that's you know one of those things that you'll never forget and um but it he is just so legendary and he you know really put that sport on the map like you yeah. said I, I don't think anyone really like because i i can't even think of anyone else really that does it um but you say you know Usain Bolt and people know who that is. Right. And so um I think that's you know speaks volumes for who he is and what he did for the sport and I think that's a really really good choice.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah. All
0: right, so my number 3 I've got to kind of clarify because I think a lot of people are going to say what's wrong with you. <laughs> um so I grew up in Texas my whole life. But I am always a fan of underdogs. And so since I was probably ten or eleven years old, I've been a huge fan of the Detroit Lions. Hmm. Um and I still am. And they actually look good this year and I'm very good. excited about it. But I don't I don't like to talk about it because every time this happens, it goes nowhere. So um but I'm I'm very excited. It's a good year so far. Um but my number three is Ndamukong Sue. And I know a lot of people are going to say, how can you like this guy? Um, I mean, he was voted dirtiest player in the NFL, least liked player in the NFL. In his first four years in the NFL, he was fined over $200,000. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, guy, the guy was dirty. <laughs> but he was so good at what he did. I mean, just a phenomenal athlete. And in his last year in the league, he only got like, Six penalties, so I mean, he did kind of cool down, you know, as he got older. But when he played in Detroit, man, the guy was dirty. Uh, but I can remember sitting down watching him play in the Texans. And I grew up near Houston, so all of my family likes the Texans, and I'm the only one there going, Let's go, Lions. Yeah, and, uh, I think it was like Thanksgiving Day or something, so it was even more like all my family was there spotlight, yeah. And then he, uh, he kicks Matt Schaub in the crotch and uh, tries to play it off like it was an accident, but it was like, no, man. And then they didn't, he didn't even get suspended. He just got a fine. I just remember my dad being so mad. Uh, I just, oh man, just, uh, but, but I feel like talking about all his fines and stuff like that just takes away from the fact of what a phenomenal athlete he really was. He got drafted really high Um, in the draft because of how athletic and you know good at the sport he was I just think he had you know some stuff he had to work through because as he got older you know it all that stuff kind of fell off but it the guy just was incredible he was one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the league for a while um and it just I just I I have a lot of respect for what he did as an athlete i I know i don't necessarily agree with how he played the game but it's just one of those things that i as a lions fan i really enjoyed watching him play
1: actually man i did too i loved um he was at nebraska if i'm not mistaken, and then he got drafted to detroit and where did he go after that he came to miami
0: miami yeah
1: in miami so he came to my hometown man so i became a big fan of his too um you know, I played football, so I know that in football you got to get a little bit mean, a little bit dirty, and yeah. there's no friendship. So, like, I'm not one to, like, say don't do that sort of kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, um, right. I get it, you know what I mean? I, I get having that little edge. I get the psychological parts of the sport, too, I guess. You know, when you're trying to, like, get into somebody's head or put that level of fear in somebody so they think something, you know? And I think that's what he was trying to do. And, right. and i say that because this guy was super super smart he's oh like, yeah if you, ever, if you ever know about him this guy is friends with warren buffett this kid was yes. a, a like a straight a student He's no dummy, so he knows what the hell he was doing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. He knows what the hell he was doing. And he did everything.
0: <laughs> he did everything he did in such like a sneaky way that was like, oh, what was it on purpose? Like, <laughs> it's just crazy, man. Yeah,
1: like, man. So don't get it twisted. This guy was good. Oh, yeah. He knows it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, man. So number two, right? Yep. All right. So... This one, this one hits home for me, man, um, mm-hmm. and it's personal, and it's David Goggins, and okay. I love his story and I love who he's about, but the number one thing for me is that I love uh, his message and his story of uh, resilience. So, and I say that because I'm on my journey now of um, like losing weight and getting back in shape, and okay. I served eight years in the Marine Corps. Um, did great physically and I could, I could, run the miles in 17 minutes, the three miles in 17 minutes. I could do all the pushups, mm-hmm. all the sit-ups. And when I got out of the service, man, um, lots of things that happened to me in my life. And to, just to fast forward the story, I put on close to over 110 pounds over the past 20 years yeah. of my life, man. And it was not until I got some health scares and someone actually giving me a gut punch and saying like, yo... You need to lose weight um, so you can be healthy, man. And from then, I've been on the journey of um, getting to the better version of better of myself and just to get it healthy and get in shape. And I never even heard of David Goggins or anything like that until a friend of mine told me about his story. So I looked it up and see who he was and see what he's doing. So now I know that he's like running marathons and changing his life. But when I looked at him, this guy got up to like 400 pounds. Yeah. He was a Navy SEAL. If you know anything about a Navy SEAL, like these guys are badasses, these guys are doing some yeah. recon shit. And uh to know that he let himself go, and I kinda saw myself like, damn, how the how the hell did I let this happen to myself? You know, and um that was clearly an inspiration for me just to yeah. hear by his story and his perseverances and just putting himself number one. And um that's something that I chose to do is put myself number one when it comes to like taking care of my health, taking care of my mental health, my physical health and all these types of things, man. So salute to this guy, man, for, um, totally transforming his body and just like getting after it, man. And there's like no excuses, no excuses yeah. to like finish it up on top, man. So, um, David Gonga was uh, number two for me, man.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, I appreciate you opening up like that. Um, I, I relate a lot to your story. Um, when my wife got pregnant with our first child, I gained like 60 pounds. Um, and they, they call it sympathy weight. I just call it lazy. Um, but, uh, I, have you know, started working, trying to take it all off. And like I said earlier, I've never been an athletic person, but I'm trying very hard to be more, um, athletic and, uh, exercise more often because, you know, I've got two small kids and I want to be around. So, um, I definitely, you know, appreciate you talking about that and bringing that up and, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, not just, you know, a few. I feel like when you're going through it, you're like, I'm the only person who's, you know, struggling with this. But I I think it's a lot of people um, have these same problems, and uh, I think it's good to talk about them.
1: Absolutely, man.
0: All right. So my number two, staying on the Detroit Lions train, is Barry Sanders. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard Lions fan. I've... I've got to mention Barry Sanders. The guy's incredible. Um, for what he did in the league in just 10 years, it, I mean, uh, I will say that um, Barry Sanders was the first uh, Lions player to get rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, first rookie to make the Pro Bowl. And the second rookie to make the Pro Bowl for the Lions was in Domkensu. So that's uh, I thought that was cool that. Um, uh, but Barry Sanders, um, I mean, he's the first, he's the first running back to have two 80 plus yard touchdowns in the same game. Uh, and he actually, as sad as this is, played on the last Lions team to win a playoff game uh, (laughs) in 1991, uh, his rookie season. Um, but it just... That's neither here nor there. We'll get one eventually, but um, he just is just so fun to watch. Even you know, I I was very young when he was playing the game, and I didn't watch him a whole lot as a young kid. But you know, being a Lions fan, and then hearing everyone say like, "Oh, do you like the Lions?" because of Barry Sanders, and me going, "Who's that?" and they're like, "Wait, you like the Lions? You don't know who that is?" and then you know, over the years watching him play, and it just it's just incredible. Um, I mean, he's just, he just did things that are almost seemed impossible. Like, how do you do that? How do you make your body, how do you push your body that far and do all those things? And, um, there's a reason he's been named, you know, one of the best running backs to ever play the game. And, I uh, and I agree with that. I think if he's not the best, he's definitely one of the best. And, um, I, I just, I really respect the guy.
1: Absolutely, man. That's a great choice, man. If I could just um, add to that. Yeah. I think he falls in line when I think about uh, Dan Marino. Guys that were yes. super, super great, super talented. And if they were, if Barry Santos was on the Cowboys, Cowboys probably could have won another two more championships. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? If he was the running back for the Buffalo Bills back in those days instead of Thurman Thomas, they probably would have won a couple, of, they probably could have beat the Cowboys in those championships. That's how yep. Barry Sanders was, man. And I think, obviously, his career got cut short for some other reasons. Yeah. Definitely phenomenal player. I used to think of him, and if, if him and Dion Sanders were to, like, compete in, like, a, like a skills <laughs> thing, I would like to see, like, because I think Dion was kind of, like, that kind of player back in those days, too, man. And I think um, that would have been a great man. But great choice, man. Yeah, absolutely. Numero uno, for me is this man. I got to give you the backstory before I even give you the name. So, when I grew up in Jamaica, we used to watch, um, go to the movie theaters, and we we never had a VHS, and um, we obviously DVDs, CDs was not made back then. (laughs) So, (laughs) back in back in the eighties, so um, we used to go to the movie theater. And we used to always go watch kung fu movies, and you used to like see the guy, <laughs> no talking or whatever. But yeah, hear, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Then um, we came to America, and then movies got better. And this guy started making different movies, different movies, or movies were just being shown to us that I've never seen before. And obviously, karate got pretty popular. For me, like in the in the '80s and the '90s, when you're Van Dam, you're Chuck Norris's. yes, and you're um you're Michael Dudikoff and American Ninjas and all those guys and stuff like that. But for me, the originator of the person that would make me, after watching a kung fu movie and going out of my backyard and getting the broomsticks, the mopsticks, <laughs> and turn them into swords and fighting was Bruce Lee, bro. Bruce yes, Lee. Absolutely. Bruce Lee was uh, was number one for me when it comes to the art, the skill, the acting, and and putting putting the the sport into acting, and you're seeing it that way because if you think about it, like when football movies are made, they have to create like they have to create like a football type of arena for the for the, for it to be played in the movie. They have to create the basketball court for it to be played in the movie. For him, you could fight in the in the bar, you could fight in your house, you <laughs> could fight in the street, you could fight in the car, you know what I mean? So I think this guy was super, super skilled, and for him to travel around the world, teach people these skills, and then put into movies and stuff like that, obviously he um, lost his life probably too soon, but yeah. um, Bruce Lee, man, was number one for me when it comes to um, an athlete in regards to the sport of karate. Yeah. That's a fantastic, fantastic choice
0: and someone I would have absolutely never thought of um, just because like you said you know he's such a um, a like more movie star like I feel like people think of him as like a movie star but you know when you think about it it's like no this guy was an incredible athlete and uh, I just that's a fantastic choice because I really would have never even considered that um, All right so my number one. Um, I'll give a little backstory here. I um, kind of mentioned that I got into basketball when I was in college. Um, and this guy retired before I was born. But I, I do these things where when I get into something I like to do deep dives and like learn about the NBA and learn about you know people that kind of change the game or whatever. This guy I think, truly changed the NBA and made it what it is today, and that is Julius Irving, Dr. J. Mm, Good choice. I don't feel like he gets talked about enough. Um, People talk about, you know, the greatest people to ever play the game. He's way up there for me. He absolutely – his physicality – I I think he made the game much more physical. And, I mean, just the dunks and the – I mean, he – he really started to bring kind of like street basketball to the, to the major, you know, forefront. It wasn't just all these, you know, people who, you know, grew up and were like regimentally trained to play basketball. It was this guy who like, no, I grew up playing, you know, down the block. And uh, he brought that into the league. And I just, I mean, there were other people who were doing it, but I think he was the first one to really put it you know, spotlight front and center. And I I think it changed the game forever. Um, And you talk about, you know, Indom Dom being, you know, super intelligent. Dr. J is an an incredibly intelligent guy. He's got his MBA. Um, He, you know, did a whole lot of business stuff after he uh, retired from the league. And I just think that in terms of changing sports, I don't think anyone changed the sport like he did, um, and I just think he brought so much to the game, and uh, just have a lot of respect for him for that.
1: Absolutely, man. Great choice, man. Yeah, I think he's the originator of um, a lot of things that he doesn't get the credit for. Not yes. take another way from Jordan or LeBron or Kobe and all these guys, right. but. Um, Back when he played, there was no TikTok, Twitters, Instagrams, YouTubes, so yes. he didn't walk around with a personal cameraman and all those things. If he did, he would have gotten all the notoriety these guys got now, man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I
0: will say, I didn't realize this, but uh, he also seems to be one of the first people to ever really um, have contract disputes. Um Uh, Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, here's my contract. I'll go play with whoever. And he really fought to play, you know, for certain places. He didn't get to play really where he wanted to because Mm -hmm. of contract disputes. But um, he he just, like you said, I mean, if he was playing today, I mean, you you have this stuff where you say if they were playing today, the game's so different today. But if the technology had existed, I mean, this guy, he'd be everywhere. Um, and people would be talking just about all the stuff he does. And I just, I, like you said, I don't think he gets credited often enough for what he did for the game. And I know a lot of people are going to go, really, Dr. J is your favorite athlete ever. I'm like, yeah, I mean, the guy was incredible. He, I just, I, I don't know. I don't think he gets talked about enough and I think he should. I love it, man. All right. All right. All right, so I gotta ask because you said you had four left when we had three.
1: Who was the one you didn't mention? The person that I did not mention was it was um, MJ. Oh, okay. And yeah. That w- that w- that would have been too easy, so I didn't I didn't put that on the list. Yeah, but it was, the same way. it was either him or uh, Tiger Woods, and yeah. It's more than what they did on the court for me. It's kind of like being like a game changer for the sport. I think um, for someone to go through what Jordan went through in the eras of the 80s and things like that and still being able to stick with it and being able to work with different teammates, different coaches, and the right systems. But then creating your own shoe brand, creating your own t-shirts, yes. creating your own logo, to now you're like worldwide to the, like this guy's legendary to like, if he, if he was to pass away, he's one of those people that like, they give like a, a day of remembrance. They might, yes. they might do something crazy for his like funeral or something like that. That's how big and legendary this guy was for the sport of basketball. For everybody wants to be like him, play like him, copy him, challenge him, say he suck, and all these things. That's how uh, yeah. he captivated the sport. So that that was the one guy that I thought about of how he um, stretched the game to another level to make it international. Man, I think that was um, brilliant. The next one I would say is um, Tiger Woods. Not condoning nothing he did off of the uh, of the uh, courses and things like that, but. Growing up, I've never, as an African-American person, golf was never even taught to me, showed to me, seen to me, or anything like that. I did yeah. not even get involved with learning anything about golf until I was in my 20, late 20s, early 30s. And for to see someone where there was a, a bit of representation and knowing that you could actually play the sport, be in the sport you could actually pay to be in the sport and stuff like that. And where, where it was encouraged. I think that was a beautiful thing for me just to see and something like just to um, introduce my kids to, you know, because I think, I think personally for me, man, um, in the African-American community, I think we push, uh, basketball and football and not exploring um, other horizons. And now my right. kids ski, my ski, my kids serve, my kids swim, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think, um, seeing someone like this um, in a sport, and he he actually helped um, bring some notoriety to it, um, and um, he won a couple championships, too, as well, so I think that was kind of cool. So Yeah, that
0: that's really awesome. Um, I, I mentioned I had a couple extras on my list. Um, Sean White was really close. I like um, Sean White. Yeah, just what he did for snowboarding and just being such a big forefront of that, and i think he's an incredible athlete um i I just i mean not enough can be said you know for everything he did for snowboarding i don't think anyone even really cared about the sport until his name started going out there um i did struggle with this list in spots because one of my favorite sports ever um is curling Mm. but i can't i can't name one one guy I, i can't name a single athlete um I just respect the sport a lot Um, so no one made this list if I did like a top 10 sports list that would be way up there for me Um, I gotta ask you a
1: question about a sport but go ahead yeah no you go go for it (laughs) so recently I was on YouTube and I was looking I forgot what I was looking for but within my feed I seen this new sport of people getting slapped in the face (laughs) <laughs> okay. And I, and I was like, is this a sport? <laughs> and it's yeah. legitimately I don't know if it falls in a line under like UFC or something like that or whatever. But they're like in a cage and they're literally like holding on to this thing, kind of like how people arm wrestlers do, but yeah. Now they're like slapping each other in the face to the point of like I'm like, these people are gonna get concussions like flat out con- <laughs> What do you think about I, that, I, man?
0: Yeah, so I've seen this a couple times. I, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> who who does that? It, it, um, I mean, sure, it's entertaining uh, if that's you know what you're into or what you want to watch. But like, who signs up for this? Uh, which I mean, I guess you could you know put it along the lines like you said with a UFC or a um, even like a boxing. You know, because I mean, you are signing up to you know. Beat up the other person, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term. But it's just crazy. Um, I also had a hard time because the world, you know, is shifting so much, um, and esports have become such a big mm. thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like that person's not an athlete. But I mean, is you know, it's. But I mean, I definitely didn't put any of them on this list because I don't. I mean, they're fantastic at what they do, and I respect, um, you know, that they're fantastic. And I'm very glad that eSports is getting the recognition it's getting because these people do put a lot of work into it. It's been controversial whether NASCAR is a a sport. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, But, I mean, I think, you know, you're going to put yourself in a car and go 200 miles an hour and risk your life. I mean, come on.
1: But I don't know. It's, you know. So, I think people missed the point of um, there's other things that ties into NASCAR, as in you cannot put a heavy person into a race car. That's one. Um, yeah. So, the person has to be in shape. They have to have yes. great endurance to go around a track. How many miles they go? It's, it's upwards of 200. It's yeah, a lot. I mean your body got to be in some tip-top shape to endure those types of things and deal with the jolts of how fast you're going, man. So, you know, it's controversial, but I do think um, it's a great point when people think about the uh, other aspects of the sport itself.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Michael, I appreciate you so much um, for being on the show and uh, it's been great talking about athletes. I, it's a topic I don't talk about a lot and, I love this because I have so many people, you know, suggest topics and I'm just like, yeah, let's do that. Um, My episode that aired last week was top 10 smells. Um, (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Uh, And I just, um, just have a lot of fun. I, I feel like when I first started, it was like movies, 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 music, movies, music. And now it's, you know, really branching out and spreading out to different topics and, Um, I really enjoy it. I like talking about everything. Um, I'm kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to stuff like that. So um, I really appreciate you being here and uh, taking time
1: out of your day to record with me. Man, Kyle, thank you so much, brother, for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, This is like stuff that I I, I talk to with my boys or with my um, sons about and stuff like that. And I love the the um, the going back and forth, and it's interesting to learn what other people's views are, man. Because, yes, the, th- the thing about it is, uh, there's I think it's the uh opportunity just to hear other people's vo- um, views and opinions and different lenses of how people see things, man. Because just because you think one way, the other person doesn't think the same way. That's why there's always a d- debate of is it Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron, you know what I mean? So, right, I mean, that's absolutely a, right. So, thank you, yeah, man, for having on me, and it. it's a pleasure, bro.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has been another Top 10. It's a weekly podcast with myself, Kyle White. And um, if you want to you know, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff, um, you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. And my um, guest this week was Michael Allison. Um, Michael, if people want to find you, where can they do that?
1: Hey, man. Um, so I'm the owner of uh, the Adversity Academy, so you could go to the com on social media. I am Michael W. Allison on all platforms as well, too, man.
0: All right, perfect. Well, uh, thank you for being here, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you, man.